0: This is Geek News Central. My name is Todd Cochran coming to you from the new media production studio. The lead stories are Netflix with ads at $7 a month starting on November 3rd, digital license plates approved in California. Twitter is testing a way to limit mentions. And the FAA says air tags are allowed in checked luggage. Celebrating 18 years of podcasting excellence, I want to welcome you to episode 1628 of the Geek News Central podcast for Thursday, October 13th. This show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com and listeners just like you. Great deals from GoDaddy can be found at geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Support for the show is can be found, and if you want to support this show, can be found at geeknesscentral.com forward slash insider. Hey, we want to give a warm welcome to all the new listeners of the show, and we may, we may tonight be lit. Don't know. We will see. (laughs) But if we are, I will explain that here in a few minutes. But welcome to the new listeners of the show. Make sure you get over to geeknesscentral.com when you're on your website, Please follow or subscribe to the podcast. Of course, make sure that you sign up for our newsletter as well. That is linked on the website as well so that you can stay abreast of what's going on with the show with the show notes emailed directly to you immediately following the show. Of course, you can join our chat room at geeknews.chat. That's a Mastodon chat server or our Discord channel. Both of those are linked at You can always contact me via email, geeknews at gmail.com, geeknews at gmail.com, or on Twitter at geeknews. You can follow me on Facebook as well. All of our partner shows are linked to geeknewscentral.com, whether it be the new media show, whether it be the Gadget professor with Mr. Don Bain, or the GNC Week in Review with Scott and Kirk. Definitely check Those shows out all, again, linked at geeknewscentral.com. Of course, we want to thank our sponsor, the longest continuous sponsor of a podcast. That's our good friends, our very, very good friends at godaddy.com. Definitely check out all my GoDaddy product codes at geeknewscentral.com forward slash godaddy, whether it be a 30% off on new product purchases, 499.com domain name on new or transferred, new or transfers, for new customers only. We've got $1.99 a month economy hosting for the first year with a free domain and $2.99 a month managed WordPress hosting for the first year, again, with a free domain name. You can get a free trial of GoDaddy website builder, your choice of personal business to business, plus plans, definitely check all these offers out at geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Go over there, save a lot of money. My coupon codes are verified on a regular basis. And those hosting deals are some of the best, all right, far as I know, the best in the in the in the web hosting space. Again, $1.99 a month economy hosting for the first year, of the free domain, or two ninety nine a month managed WordPress hosting for the first year. Again, with a free domain name. I want to thank you all for being here. And, Of course, I want to thank again GoDaddy for being a sponsor of the show. I tell you, it's interesting. We are doing something new today. If it worked. I don't know. We'll find out if it worked. Um, the new podcast apps.com, There's several apps over there that support the live tag. Tonight, we sent the, the live announcement. We went live with the pings and all the things we we're supposed to do. We'll find out later if it worked. I'm pretty sure it did. Keep our fingers crossed. But both Geek News Central Video and Geek News Central Audio podcasts both have the bat signal sent out. And let everyone know, so we may be live in some of the podcast 2.0 apps right now. If it didn't work, I'm going to test it tomorrow and figure out what we did wrong. Hey, first up and foremost, today is really it was actually the last show, but I screwed up. And to be honest with you, I forgot about it. Uh, October 9th, this show celebrated 18 years in podcasting. It's pretty amazing if you think about the run that this show's had. October 9th, 2004, sitting in a hotel room in in Waco, Texas, and uh, off I-35, Hampton Inn, second floor of the hotel. Can't remember the room number, but uh, recorded the first show of this, and we introduced it with ACDC Back in Black, followed by a book deal in December of 04. We launched Tech Podcast Network in 04. We announced the... Uh, I announced the uh, book deal on which 50% of the existing audience at the time left the show because I had taken money. And then June, we got the GoDaddy sponsor. Um, Citrix joined us as a sponsor in August 2005, launched my company, Raw Voice, launched the podcast awards, lost the podcast network, and just on and on. January of 2006, went to first CES. Uh, the 200th episode. You guys know what happened there. That's the 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 afternoon, the afternoon of the show. I was going to do the show in the evening, but that afternoon, my father was killed in a automobile accident. 2007 I retired from the Navy. And around 2009, we introduced uh, video. So we've been streaming video on this show since 2009. If you think about that we've been streaming it live along with doing video and doing audio longer just it's it's amazing it really really is all this time uh internet internet inducted into the podcast hall of fame in 2015 2019 we established the new studio here in Michigan after i left hawaii um and then of course here we are uh we hit 1,600 episodes earlier this year. Now we're at 18 years, and uh, that that has been a run. And many, many, many of you have been here from near the beginning of this show. So I want to thank all of you that are long time, those long time, ohana, long time listeners of the show. Thank you so very much for being part of the family. Uh, Tim and Toby, uh, thanks for saying hello. David, all of you that have checked in on Facebook, thanks for, for doing so. Those of you who are watching on YouTube. For those of you are listening on our live audio stream, we're also doing live video at live.geeknewscentral.com if you want to come over and watch the live video uh, of the show tonight. But uh, so what's happening? What's the schedule? All right, so next week I'm going to be in Riyadh. Yes, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I've already talked about that at length on the last show. I leave Monday afternoon, and then I fly back and get in Sunday evening. So I'll be back with you, really. um, It's a full week out. So I'll be back with you on Monday the 24th. And believe it or not, I got a dentist appointment that day too. So woohoo! lots of fun a day day after getting back from from Riyadh. I'm sure I will be... uh, quite jet lag that day um and then it's going to be a short week next week because i have some additional travel to do so potentially i will be doing the show audio only on thursday night all depends on what happens uh with uh, my meetings and everything so uh be back on the 24th for for another show so after this things i think i'll calm down but uh anyway next week should be uh a whopper, lots of stories to take. Hey, we did get some boosts that came in. I want to thank, some of you were doing test boost. I got 10 sats from user Brie Guy. Thank you for, for that. A uh, 1,000 sats from Tom. We got, uh, let's see, where else? Did we get some more Geek News Central? Most of the sats have been coming in has been for the new media show because we haven't got too many of you converted over there yet. So, uh, but those who've been sending sats over uh, and, and trying this out, thank you so much. Uh, Fountain App is a great place to start to listen to the podcast and, and figure out how to get into part of this podcasting 2.0 evolution, the evolution of podcasting that I've been talking about so much recently and, and covered in depth on the last show. We do want to continue to thank the Insider's They continue to send their donations via PayPal and so forth. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the stack. Got to go a whole stack of tech tonight to get into. Um, Yes, 18 years. Crazy, 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 crazy. Netflix announced today the ads will be available within the platform starting November 3rd. And if you want to downgrade your account to $7 per month, you can be subjected to them. Be prepared for resolution limits and missing content. So their ad-supported tier is on, is on the horizon here. You do not yet know what sacrifices you're going to have to make, but the new Basic with Ads plans, again, will be available November 3rd at 12 p.m. and will initially be available to viewers in 12 countries, U.S., U.K., Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, South Korea, and Spain. I would imagine those are probably their top 12 market. There are supposedly compromises beyond the commercials, which will run for an average of four to five minutes per hour. You'll be limited to 720p, and you'll be prevented from watching certain movies and TV shows. Netflix is working on lifting that content restriction. You also can't download content to watch offline, so you need to pay for a standard or premium plan if you need viewing material for your next flight. The ads will initially be 15 to 30 second spots and will play both before and during shows. There will be broad targeting for those ads based on criteria like country, genres of content. Nielsen is also tracking the performance of these ads in the U.S. through its digital rating system. So we'll see. I think I will just stay with regular Netflix at this time versus being subjected to that. uh, State of California has approved digital license plates for all vehicles but only one company makes the e-ink plates. Yes, this is a smart plate that can change its messages. Now, you're limited in the type of messages you can send. Amber Alerts can be put on your plate and a few other things, but this is available. Now, this is not in an inexpensive situation. You're going to pay about $20 to $30 a month for the pleasure of running one of these, not paying the state of California, but to pay to the vendor, the only vendor that makes these. And uh, AB-984 was signed into law by the governor. And uh, there was a test of this about four years ago. And uh, be aware, if you alter, forge, or counterfeit any of this, or you hack the plate, it's a felony. So that tells you how serious they're going to take this. Um, so what is it? There's also a commercial version available. What else? What are the messages that can be put on here? I don't think there's too many. I think Amber Alerts and a few other things can be flashed on the plate. So, um, anyone use this? Anyone played with a digital license plate yet? I think they're the first state to go to this. It'll be interesting. Someone out in California is definitely going to do this because, you know, got to be trendy and got more money than common sense. Twitter is testing a way for users to limit their mention. So I've done this off uh, many, many times at United, (laughs) at American Airlines, at such and such company, you know, and put them on blast. Right. That's one of the great things about Twitter is that you can reach out to any public user with a quick at mention of their username. But it's also can be abused. Well, Twitter may be working on a way to control those mentions. According to privacy research and engineer Jane Manchun Wong, this company is testing out the ability to block at mentions entirely or limit them to people who already follow you. Literally, don't at me bro. That's the basically the premises of this. So, what do you think? Do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? I personally think it's a bad thing. It allows companies to hide. When they're in there's an issue, let's say you have a PR issue, something has come up, the company's done something bad, the company is trying to hide it, and they can they can they can basically not allow you to at them. So there'll be workarounds, I'm sure. Maybe hashtags will come back for companies that decide that they're going to play these games. I don't know. Time will tell. The FAA says the Apple AirTag are allowed in check luggage. Luwanza, which I'm flying next week, has denied that it might ban the item tracker after there was some stuff that came out that really said they weren't. I've been using Apple AirTags in my bags now since the Apple AirTags have been available. It's very, very cool when your bags haven't showed that they have loaded on the airplane yet to load your app up and find out where your bags are in regards to the airplane that you're getting ready to take off in. It's also going to be very, very cool if an AirTag is in your bag and your bag is left behind because generally all they got to do is ping some location or someone with a phone and it will update its approximate location or where it was last checked in. And I think this is very, very valuable when you can tell the airlines, yep, it's still in such and such airport. Or I show it at this location at an airport. So maybe it went to the luggage claim instead of going to the next gate. You can zoom in and get an idea where that bag is. And for me, being able to tell the lost baggage folks, here's where it is, that helps them out. You know, and again, I've sold this, told this many, many times. If a airline loses your luggage, this is a time to be very, very nice, even though you might be incredibly pissed off because probably 75% of the people that go into the lost luggage area have got an attitude, are pissed off, and a little bit of sugar goes a long, long, long way. In fact, I used to carry candy just in case a bag went missing because candy's a great bribe to lost luggage workers, especially the ones that take your claim. <laughs> so. Um, so that's interesting. Now, LaFuanza did issue a statement clarifying that Apple devices are allowed on flights. Both the airline and German regulators determined that item trackers with small batteries and low power do not pose a safety risk. The company added sought exemptions for AirTags and similar tags for checked luggage restrictions. So my little luggage tag, which is right on the handle, I use a Belkin uh, AirTag attachment device. Basically, it's a cable hooked to a, it's basically, it's uh, put in with a Allen wrench. So basically, someone could cut it and take it off, but I put it right on the bag, right where the handle's at. It's very easy to see that there's an AirTag over that. Um, if nothing else, I can ding-ding the AirTag if I have to. <laughs> but anyway, uh, F.A. says Apple AirTags are allowed as we expected. Now, every once in a while, why is this doing this? Sometimes Chrome... Gets a little spinning wheel, says slow down. You know, a few years ago, I lost. And literally, I have no idea where it came up missing. It's a, it was a very expensive Sony camera. Uh, I was pretty devastated that I lost it. I think that camera was twelve or $1,300. And it was fantastic for doing vlogging and that kind of stuff. I was... Very, very upset when I lost that, that camera. But Sony has a new camera called. It's the Sony ZV-1F. And according to this article on Engadget, it's most, it is the most affordable vlogging camera yet. At $500, it's designed as a smartphone step-up for content creators. Now, the GoPro 10 is a pretty nice device, in all honesty. does a pretty doggone good job. But the Sony camera, from what I'm looking at, seems, seems at least on the surface, to be pretty slick. Now, it's a fixed lens. It has a uh, Type 1 sensor uh, that's similar to the ZV-1. And it trades that model's 24-70mm zoom for a wide-angle 20 millimeter equivalent prime lens. So essentially, this is the Delta here. So I want you to be very, very aware. Even though it's priced at 500 bucks, the, e, the ZV-1 is 750 with a kit lens. And it has a Type 1 Exmoor 20.1 megapixel sensor and a 4K video and features that help novice users get up to speed quickly. I would probably not buy this particular camera. Like other vlogging models, the ZV-1F has a product showcase feature that lets you place a product in front of the camera and quickly get focused. It also has the same uh, switch that lets you defocus the background with a click of a button. A nod to TikTok or Snapchat creators is the shot mark feature that lets you grab a 15, 30, or 60-second clip. So that's pretty cool. Other features including a UHS-1 slot and the ISO range from 125 to 12,800 vertical shooting, and a front-facing tally light that shows when you're recording. Sony says it weighs 256 grams, just a bit more than the 203-gram iPhone 14. It's available starting on October 24th. There is a good review on it on Engadget. Definitely check it out. The folks over at MakeUseOf.com have the seven most common hardware problems on Android phones and how to fix them. So... I think we all know how to reboot our phones. I think we all run into those kinds of issues all the time or if a phone overheats or something on what to do when that happens or if we have connectivity issues. But this is a good reminder of little troubleshooting tips that you can take with your phone if you run into trouble. And some of these things apply to iPhones as well. A new company called Nudge, Nudge Security, emerges from stealth to tackle cybersecurity and is looking at the people problem. They've designed their business to basically look at your employees, look at if they're using two-factor authentication, help them make wise security choices, see if they're using passwords duplicated across different platforms, uh, in person and at work, so this is interesting. The fully remote company is uh, believes the only way to address the people problem is to make employees part of the solution, as it name suggests, this product that does that by nudging employees toward optimal security behaviors. The company's security offering continually uncovers historical and new software as a service assets across an organization including SaaS, supply, OAuth, et cetera, with relying on, without relying on network infrastructure, endpoint agents, browser extensions, or API integration. When there's a new security critical event, such as the creation of a new account or installation of a new app, Nudge engages with that employee to show them making good security choices. So they say they act as a sidecar. So I don't know how they're going to do this. I'm going to look forward to seeing some of the stuff that they're doing so um, they had a $7 million seed investment round. So they've had a bit of cash here to work with to get out of the gate. Next up, Stanford's robotic boot gives the wearer a personalized mobility boost. You know, let's, let's be honest. Uh, some of the most exciting robotic breakthroughs are happening in the eco-skeleton space. This team out of Sanford Biometrics Laboratory just published a result of years-long research into the category. The project began life as these things often do through simulations and laboratory work. The extent of the robot boot, the one thing that they were looking at, the robot's boot, was a real-world testing had limit had thus far been limited to treadmills. The researchers behind how are at, excuse me, the researchers behind it, however, at Reading for Life Beyond the Lab Door. Boy, oh boy, that was a mouthful. So I basically studied an eco-skeleton system that basically helped you walk when you had a mobility issue with your foot. And uh, the research said that the assistance was like removing 30-pound backpack from the user. Uh, optimized assistance allowed people to walk 9% faster, 17% less energy expended per distance travel compared to walking in normal shoes. Those are the largest improvement in speed and energy of economy walking of any eco date in direct comparison on a treadmill. Our eco provides about twice the reduction effort of previous devices. So anyway, this is coming. eco are being used some in some commercial industries to help you lift and stack and do that kind of stuff. Uh, Those are very, very expensive solutions, but some companies are are using them. I think we're going to see more of this over time. Target is the latest retailer to add support for SNAP payments for online shoppers. So customers have uh, mostly moms that have supplemental nutrition assistant program benefits will be able to use those when shopping at Target, it used to be they had to go to the snore store snore store, <laughs> to use the card. So uh, these changes allow customers to use Snap to buy groceries the same day pickup through Target's order pickup and drive up services, both of which don't have minimum order requirements or subscription fees. Customers can also apply Target circle discounts to their food items when available or shop the grocery deals in the retailer's weekly ads. So uh, they will have to add their EBT account number as a new card under payments. They can then add SNAP eligible items to their online cart and pay using the EBT payment method at checkout. So uh, good for them to add this particular service to their online service. It's a really bizarre twist of turns what's going on with this lawsuit between OnlyFans and Meta. Uh, OnlyFans lawyers accidentally revealed which meta-execs allegedly, and we're going to use the word allegedly, took bribes. So these names were not redacted in a latest filing. And, of course, OnlyFans is trying to get this, this lawsuit, uh, you know, dealt with here. And... When the adult entertainers initially filed a lawsuit alleging that OnlyFans bribed Meta to block competitors on Instagram by flagging their content as terrorism, it was not clear who at Meta was being being accused of accepting bribes. And again, this has changed now. Um, According to the errant court filing, which was OnlyFans' second attempt to push the court to dismiss the lawsuit, Lawyers or plaintiffs suing Meta and OnlyFans received an email with a document titled, Follow the Money. The documents allegedly showed that these individuals, or an individual named Phoenix, I assume is a, uh, is the OnlyFans owner, uh, wired money to these three individuals. So again, OnlyFans and Meta are trying to get rid of this. This is being done by OnlyFans adult entertainers. But anyway, their names were revealed in this filing today. So uh, Meta has uh, not really responded to this too much. Uh, they say they're still not responsible because even if the bribes did happen, which again are alleged, they wouldn't have had influence on, on the platform per se even though those three particular individuals are pretty high-ranking within Meta. If you're on Slack, I'm on Slack. I live on Slack. Slack says it identified the issue of its threading issue today and has rolled out a fix. I did not see this issue, but a lot of people did that were on Slack. So if you had problems with threading and DMs and that type of stuff today, beware that they rolled a fix, and hopefully your threads will be cleaned up. In the most bizarre story of the day, a black hole burps. Yes, I said burps at half the speed of light years after devouring a star. Scientists say this complete, this caught us completely by surprise. No one has ever seen anything like this before. So back in 2018, and I think we remember talking about this, back in 2018, astronomers spotted the bright flare of a star being shredded by a black hole 20 million times more massive than our sun. 665 million light years away, a so-called tidal disruption event. Well, they watched it for a few months, and then, you know, this black hole ate this star. But nearly three years later, the black hole suddenly reanimated baffling astronomers and essentially spit out a little bit of the star they said it burped it's as that it is as if this black hole has started abruptly burping out a bunch of material from the star it ate years ago this suggests that delayed outflow is more common than astronomers as previously expected The group will continue to monitor as it evolves, and the systematic study of a much larger sample is underway. So, but they say that it burped at half the speed of light, which is kind of an interesting commentary. I don't know where that really came from. But, uh, yep, interesting. It's got to go somewhere. The material's got to go in. It's got to come out, right? That's kind of nature. Right? That's pretty true for almost everything. Amazon set to launch its prototype internet satellites next year. And Project Cupere is getting close to getting off the ground. So uh, what they're going to do here. The, uh, the press release says the prototypes will be riding into orbit on a Vulcan Centaur rocket from the United Launch Alliance two of these. The company says the launch will let it perform tests on its satellite's network technology with data from space, and that data will help finalize design develop, and deployment and operational plans for our commercial satellite system. The timeframe marks a slight delay from Amazon's original plan when they announced it would launch prototypes in Q4 of this year. So early 2023 isn't too far away, but there's still a lot of things that have to go right for the launch to happen. For one, Amazon needs to actually finish building a satellites, which its press release says will be completed later this year. Meanwhile, Elon Musk is putting up about 60 a week. The rocket also isn't ready. They expect to have the Vulcan fully assembled by November and tested by December. Then one-shot deal, and it's not reusable. Both companies have deadlines to meet, so we'll see whether this happens or not. They say once its fleet of satellites is in orbit, it plans to deliver fast, portable broadband to unserved and underserved communities around the world. It also has an agreement with Verizon to bring 5G to that satellite. So what say you? Do we need another one? Google is serious about its giant video chat booth starting real-world testing. Now imagine... This this is, no, this is no play thing. It's called Project Starline Video Booth. Essentially, you go into a booth. It's got lots of cameras. And lots of cameras. Very, very expensive. And it's a 7x7 booth. It brings 3D video chat to life with seemingly no regard to given to cost, size, or commercialization. The goal is to make it seem like the other person is in the room with you and Google categorize it as a research project. Now, if you read any science fiction books, you will know that in science fiction books, oftentimes, especially in Space Odyssey books, you have the captain of the sh- so-called ship, have his compatriots join him via... Uh, basically become a hologram. Well, streamline display side of the video booth is 14 cameras and 16 IR projectors, which will all work to capture, create, and track a real-time photorealistic 3D avatar of the user. For microphones and two speakers, don't just playback speech specialized audio and dynamic beamforming. Supposedly make the speech sound like it's coming out of the avatar's mouth. So, uh, yeah, I think they have some money to spend on this. Displays a 65-inch, 8K, 60-hertz, auto-stereoscopic lenticular panel that generates a glasses-free 3D view of a life-size avatar. It's basically a big Nintendo 3DS, but with a bigger sweet spot thanks to head tracking. So, people have seen or tried Starline, seem to like it, but considering you personally invited by Google to try it, the only way that's the only way it's going to happen. So they continue to push forward with testing, not coming to an office near you anytime soon. The creators of Amazon Kindle has left the company along with a top ele- A-L-E-X-A executive, adding to a leadership exodus knee under the new CEO, Andy Jassy. So almost 90 VPs or higher. Have left Amazon since early 2021. President of Lab126, Greg Zare, retired in August, the same day as SVP of ALEXA, Tom Taylor. Greg Zare told employees August 11th he would retire, according to people fearing with the move. Zare is credited with the invention of the Kindle, Amazon's blockbuster ebook. I hope he retired rich. Taylor was part of the Senior S team. I uh, joined Amazon in 2000, previously worked on the payments and fulfillment side before running A-L-E-X-A, voice assistant technology. So uh, some of them have left to pursue other opportunities of the 90-some that have left. This next article is a little interesting. I didn't know that they were doing this. Google built a spam backdoor for Republicans, and they aren't using it. At the same time, Republicans are fed up with their fundraising emails being flagged as spam, but haven't done anything to join Google's solution to fix the problem. The GP has long complained about tech bias, but the latest fight hits the organization fundraising apparatus directly. In response, Google launched a controversial program allowing campaign committees to effectively opt out of spam filters. A huge concession to mounting political pressure, but The Verge reported shows that the RNC has not taken advantage of the program and made few efforts to alter the core practices that might result in their emails being labeled as spam. So even after a month after the pilot's launch, the RNC has not joined or even applied for the program. This is interesting in itself. Why they would not do that? So, after this outrage of this email being blocked, Google had came to the pressure, rolling out this program. The RNC declined to comment. You know, the volume of emails sent. I get emails from everybody. The DNC, RNC, every, it's like, and I hit the spam button about 20 times a day trying to get rid of these stupid things. They, there's make, they make them near it. Both RNC and DNC make it near impossible to unsubscribe. To unsubscribe. It's near impossible to unsubscribe from some of these political emails. It's fundraising emails. It's ridiculous. It really is. Just allow me to unsubscribe from your doggone badgering of emails. Both the parties need to do that. So if I can't unsubscribe, if I can't one-click unsubscribe, I'm hitting the spam button. It's ridiculous. This next story is interesting. Apple Card users can soon sign up for a high-yield savings account. Have you checked how much interest you make on your savings account recently? Recently? It's unclear just how, of an, how high of an interest rate Apple will be offering. I'm going to tell you, if it's anything above like one or two percent, winner, winner, chicken dinner, considering banks are giving you like nothing. I, I, I don't even think, I, be honest with you, I don't keep a lot of money in savings because it earns you nothing. Earns you absolutely nothing. It's the worst, worst place to hold your money ever. But the savings account will be able to American sometimes in the coming months. Now, Goldman Sachs already offers a market savings account that you can quickly open online and link to other banks. It's built for mobile users with a dedicated app touts a relatively high 2.15% annual yield and doesn't carry any fees or minimum deposits. Apple's offering mainly stands out, though, through its daily reward deposits and, of course, tight integration with iPhones and other products. The Apple Card savings account isn't quite the company's answer to Google's defunct Plex banking service. So we'll see what happens here with this. If it comes out as 2 3%, I think a lot of people are going to be using it. If you have any money at all in a savings account, probably be smart to move it over there, but check your, check your rates. I'm not an investment advisor by any means. Over at the registers.com, Lockheed Martin taps Silicon Photonics, Tech to Build to build better weapons of war. Now, let me just talk about optics. Optics are a very important piece of military hardware. We've all seen missiles going into a target, watching the video as it comes in and goes through a window. We've all seen those types of things. Lockheed Martin, which has long history developing military hardware, including the infamous SR-71 Blackboard, says Air Labs chipset, could eventually find its way into multiple department defense systems to capture, digitize, transport, and process spectral information at lower latency and across longer distances compared to existing electrical interconnects. Interesting. They are a silicon photonic startup. So military sensing encompasses a broad array of tech. Drones, satellites, infrared, just goes on and on and on and on and on. And optics are always being looked at. Better sensors, better ability to see in the dark, all these things. So uh, probably a pretty good investment by Lockheed with this company. At the same time, uh, a little satellite company, uh, Insarmat, got a billion dollars from the Navy for 10 years of satellite data, got to be able to communicate up and down. MRSAT is a, I've known about MRSAT for many, many years. And they, uh, they've they worked with the government services for many, many, many years. Now, VSAT is another company I'm familiar with. Are trying to merge, trying to buy MRSAT, but it's not working out. The UK is kind of blocking that. So we'll see what's going to happen with that particular merger. I'm a big fan of ViaSat, some of the things that they've done over the years. All right, switching off that mode of discussion, the Google Pixel phone browsing activities on fine networks are now more secure. Google FI has added an extra layer of protection to the Pixel 7 down to the Pixel 4 line. The features available. Again, something new. The Google Finds are include include privacy and security features like spam and robocall blocking, but the service is beefing up security for Pixel phone operators with a new feature that safeguards mobile traffic from prying eyes. Google's announcement starting today. Fi automatically encrypts all mobile data traffic from many of its best Android phones. So this means that your Google Fi mobile connection is private by default with no additional steps required on your part big move here uh, to encrypt a lot of that traffic the uh, truth social network is now available on android for those of you who are inclined to go over and uh, get that app the twitter like app's been on, on apple's app store since february but google had blocked it from the play store citing insufficient content moderation those problems now appear to have been settled as the app is available to download from the store for the first time so if you are an android user you can now get truth social Firefox has a new service, gives you a burner phone number to cut down on spam. It's called a relay feature. It's expanding from offering email addresses to phone numbers, but you'll need to pay a subscription fee. So basically, you hand out a different number that then forwards to your regular number. Same with email. What is the price? Phone number and masking service is more, also more expensive at $4.99 a month. Or $3.99 a month when paid annually, while the email service offers a choice between a free tier and a premium tier, costing $1.99 to 99 cents a month. Finally, the new phone number features exclusive US and Canada for now, but includes access to email masking as part of the same subscription. So, uh, Firefox getting into more of the service business. This next story is one that is something that I'm watching very, very closely. And The question to be asked is, would a U.S. digital dollar let the government track you? Well, if you trust the government, of course. But, and there's always a but, as lawmakers push to create a digital form of U.S. dollar, some are concerned it could give the federal government access to what consumer and businesses do through electronic transactions. Use a credit card; they already can. They just got to subpoena your your expenses from those Visa and Mastercard. They don't have to do much more than that. If you're using cash, well, you know, cash is cash. But digital dollars, it would involve a token, an encrypted token of some sort or another. And what it really boils down to is. Zero knowledge proof is used in crypto, crypto to prove that something is known without revo- revealing the underlying information. For example, someone applying for a car loan, a ZKP, which is zero knowledge proof technology, could validate the person's credit score meets a minimum requirement for the loan without exposing the actual score. Or a ZKP could be used to prove someone meets the minimum age requirement of purchasing alcohol without sharing a date of birth or validated driver's license while exposing the actual number. However, the bottom line is that there is an auditor function which is controlled by the central bank, which could theoretically change the privacy setting on an individual account at any time. Let me say that again. The bottom line is that the auditor function which is controlled by the central bank could theoretically change the privacy settings on any individual account at any time. Let's say there was a subpoena. Whether it's eCash or any other CDBC in the end, you still have to trust your government to respect your privacy. That's a pretty tall order. Cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Erethium are are created and traded using blockchain distributed ledger technology. Stablecoins such as Tether and USD coin are backed by fiat currencies like the US dollar. Central bank digital currency or fiat currencies issued by central banks in digital form are not categorized as cryptocurrency. I would be very, very, very hesitant. The United States is well behind other nations exploring the creation of government-backed digital currency. The EU is heavy into it already. Russia and China are already researching and launching some form of central bank digital currency. Do you think I would want to have Russia or China in control of currency, e-currency, that could see what I'm doing with that? Not a chance. Not a chance. Nothing can be protected. Nothing, nothing can be protected. Because Uncle Sugar doesn't like to give up those types of controls. They hate us using cash. Let's just be very frank. The U.S. government hates cash. Why do they hate cash? People get paid on the table for cash. People that owe child support are often paid in cash to avoid having to pay child support. The government can't track cash transactions to tax them primarily. This is why they're hiring all these IRS agents. They figure out who's hiding money that they earn, that they're not being taxed on. So the list goes on and on and on. So I don't trust a digital dollar. No way know how. I don't think I ever will, to be quite honest with you. So the last show, boy, boy, I woke you guys up. I did. Jim says, hey, Todd, yes, you're up. St- oh. Where's the other one? I had some other emails that came in. How come they're not in the GNC comments? Oh, no. Let me refresh this. They have to be there because I moved them into the folder. There we go. My gosh, I thought I was losing my mind here. Got an email from Andrew. says, Todd, regarding PayPal and his attempt to find for mis- misinformation. This reflects an on ongoing problem where people mostly in social media think that they can get what they want by shouting as loudly as possible until, t- until companies give in. In this case, yes, I think so, Andrew. Everyone has their purveyors of doom, whether it's pornographers, climate change deniers, anti-abortionists, anti-vaxxers, communists, big game hunters, or Pokemon Go players. This cancel culture shouldn't be allowed for so many reasons, not least they often get the wrong person or mischaracterize their intentions and ruin their lives. We can't allow big tech to be the the moral arbiters of our lives So they already have enough power as it is. I agree. Personally, I think that companies should have a requirement for universal service. And unless an individual is doing something demonstrably illegal, they have to provide service. So if someone is convicted as a pedophile, then companies should, could justify decide not to do business with them. But there's no court of public opinion. There's probably something in there about companies being, an, being an over a certain size or publicly traded before this requirement kicks in. Now, this isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card for all the people who talk rubbish or encourage young people to commit suicide. We'll see, we still need to be able to separate those who peddle lies and misinformation from those who simply have a dissenting opinion, and that's so much harder to do, but we need to start somewhere. Regards, Andrew. What do the rest of you say to Andrew's response to that? Christine says, excuse me, Christian says, I apologize, Christian. Hey, Todd, I was just uh, listening to episode 1627 with you providing additional information about Fountain. I went ahead and installed it to see what it was like. For years, I've been using MusicBee on a laptop to listen to podcasts. I didn't know that was possible. There's one of the hundred or so ways you can. However, I had to switch to using a podcast app on my phone due to changes with security at work. I was just using the Google Podcast app, which was fine. So far, the interface for Fountain is cleaner than the Google app, though I have only added your podcast. Once I have time, I'll do more exploring with Fountain and see if it can be a good replacement. In regards to comments to PayPal about having your own control of your content, this reminds me of something going on in the streaming world. There was a show called Final Space. It had aired on TBS, then HBO Max. Recently, with the Warner Media and Discover merger, a lot of changes have been made. This is due to the new company having two streaming platforms. HBO Max and Discovery Plus. What happened to Final Space was that it was dropped from HBO Max. Now, you cannot watch the show anywhere since they never released it on Blu-ray. Even the creator took to Twitter to say all his work over the past few years is now gone and not available anywhere. Disney Plus said it will not be releasing its Marvel shows on Blu-ray, which limits limits them to Disney Plus only. This is a new era of streaming that is being entered, which is sad for creative control. With the larger companies, thank you for the podcast over the years from Christian. You know, Christian, you know, the other issue is what if you want a collection to watch whenever you want? What if you want to be, what if you're out at sea and want to watch movies? All this streaming stuff requires connectivity. Yes, with uh, Netflix and some other services, you can download stuff, but you got to keep checking in. to Make sure you're still paying for the service. I think ripping of media is going to continue to grow. I think because people are not able to buy stuff legally, people are just going to find their way around it. They're going to rip stuff the way they used to. It's going to become an industry again. I can guarantee you that those Marvel shows are probably available, all of them, on Blu-ray in Asian countries. I can just about guarantee that they are being bootlegged and made available for sale. It would not surprise me in the least. So anyway, two comments came in the show. Thank you so much for the comments that have come in. As always, you definitely can email the show at any time. It's very simple to do. Geeknews at gmail.com. Geeknews at gmail.com. And of course, I'm at geeknews on Twitter. Feel free to fire me up there and, and say hello. But again, uh, off to Riyadh. It's going to be exciting to tell you guys what happened. I'm going to be taking some videos. I'm taking my, uh, my GoPro with me. Uh, going to see if I can get some interviews. Who knows? So watch my social stuff because that's going to be where the action is going to be happening for uh, at least the next week. Uh, lots happening here and uh, lots of moving pieces. But again, uh, newpodcastingapps.com, dot com. Grab a new podcasting app, podcast two point app. Again, a lot of this stuff is still not completely mature, but it's we're changing, and we want you to come along with us. You're all techies, you're geeks. Come along, come along now. You listen to the show, so let's come along and let's uh, let's get on the bandwagon. Let's be. Uh, be leaders, and then guess what you can do? You can tell all your friends about this new cool stuff in podcasting. Anyway, thank you for all of you that have been here for 18 years. That's a long time to listen to one dude. I know some of you come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, and come back again. I appreciate that as well. I know that uh, not all of you want to hear me on every episode and be here for the full episode, but I do appreciate your ongoing support for those of you that have been insiders and supporting the podcast for all these years with your contributions, your ongoing two, four, 10, 20, $25 contributions monthly and your one-time payments. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, every penny that you bring into the show goes back into the show. It truly does. This is not a, uh, a get rich, situation here. Just about every dollar of this brought in is spent, including sponsor money too, to go to CES and other events that I go to for this show. It really it 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 is a it is a labor of love for me to do this podcast for you. And I thank you so very, very much for your ongoing support and being part of the family and putting up with me being in and out as I travel along and do professional stuff. Which this show's professional But uh, in years past, I'd have packed up a whole live kit and we would have been streaming live from Riyadh. I I don't think I can do that anymore. It's, you know, it was a younger man's game. All right. Uh, And again, thank you for being here. It's been my pleasure bringing the show today. Thank you all for staying subscribed, being part of the family. If those of you listening, they're lit. Hope we were lit. We'll find out if it went lit uh, one way or another. We'll see you next time here in the Geek New Central Podcast. Everyone take care. We'll see you a week from Monday. Everyone see you next time. Bye-bye.